Hi, I'm John Narrell, and welcome to the Mid-Career GPS Podcast. If you're feeling stuck in your career and overwhelmed by what steps to take, I can help you. As an executive and career transition coach, I help my clients prepare, position, and promote who they are and what they do to show up and find a job they love or love the job they have. It's time to start building your mid-career GPS. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 21. We are going to talk about interview preparation versus execution. Now, in last week's episode, I joked about that my podcast could almost legally drink. And on this episode, it could, given that it's 21. And 21 is just one of those kind of big milestones that we hit. And I actually did not have a milestone birthday yesterday, but nevertheless, I think birthdays are great opportunities to celebrate and recognize and think back on what you did the last year and what's ahead for you this coming year. And as I shared with some people recently, I know that I am doing the best work I have ever done in my career. So I thank you for spending some time with me today on this podcast. And if you've been following along, whether this is your first time here or you have listened to all 20 episodes before this one, I'm just really glad you're here and I'm glad we are a part of each other's world. All right, so we're going to talk today about this whole notion about preparation versus execution and put a particular lens on this around the whole interview process in where you are at in your career or your job transition. As a former educator, uh, as someone who taught middle school mathematics, the whole concept of test anxiety was something I not only would help my students with, but it was something that I directly experienced as well. Growing up, and even for today, even still on some ways, I can be a very high-strung and anxious individual at times. When a teacher put that paper in front of me and was basically like, tell me what you know, I would get very nervous and I would equate the grade with the approval or the acceptance or the validation in terms of how good I was, not necessarily reflecting what I was good at. And when students would come to me and they would bomb a test and they'd say, well, I just got nervous. Well, what was it that got you nervous, right? Was it, was it the pressure of the test? Was it that maybe you didn't prepare or you didn't study as much for it and so you weren't sure how to answer those questions? This podcast is not about preparation or execution. It is an and. It is preparation and execution And we're going to talk about how one really lends itself to the other. Think about your favorite performer or athlete. We know that they have to go through a lot of training in order to get to game day or performance day. Singing the national anthem is one of the most difficult songs to perform not only because of it being vocally challenging, 
But because it is our national anthem, the last thing you want to do is forget the words or mess it up. These performers who sing the national anthem at major sporting events, think about the Super Bowl or the World Series, there is such a tremendous amount of pressure on them because they know if they don't do it well, they are viral for all of the wrong reasons. You can go on YouTube and type in national anthem fail and get a ton of people who have unfortunately forgotten the words, repeated words. And as somebody who in his younger days did a lot of performing and did have the opportunity to perform the national anthem with an acapella choral group I was a part of in college, Chrissy, if you're listening to this, go Notables. Uh, (laughs) She was a college friend of mine. We just recently connected and uh, we used to sing together. And one of the best things we ever got chance to do is to sing the national anthem at a Baltimore Orioles home game at the time, which was Memorial Stadium. And for a college kid, it was a great way to go see a baseball game because you go sing the anthem. And they gave us seats. I think it was like 20 rows up from home plate. It was some of the best seats I've ever had at a ball game. But there is that pressure. And you can rehearse and prepare and train. And at the end of the day, what you are going to be judged by is that performance, that game, that activity, whatever it is that you did that led up to that moment, because that is what people are going to remember or know you for. In school, when we took tests, it was it was that opportunity for you to share that information. And as a teacher, the way we would structure things would be content delivery, content delivery, content delivery, assess. And we would repeat that cycle over and over and over again. So you had shorter bursts of information that might be a quiz and then longer bursts of information that might be a test. And then, of course, you have the standardized test that your state probably has if you have kids or you've gone through that yourself. And you have those things in which you are measured by. A test, a performance, an interview is all a snapshot in time. Now, as many of you know, I have a passion for bowling and I'm still actively competing both on the PBA Regional and the PBA Senior Tour. I'm actually getting ready for a couple of big events. But one of the things with COVID was that I had not thrown a bowling ball in tournament competition in over a year. A couple of weekends ago, we had an event in Corning, New York at Crystal Lanes. If any of you who are listening to this, I have to tell you, it was one of the best pro-ams I've ever had an opportunity to participate in. The fans were great. People were great. And I got there in time for practice. I had done everything I felt like I could leading up to the event. I got my equipment ready. I worked on certain aspects of my physical game and my mental game. And Saturday at 2.30 comes along And it's time for me to make sure I've got my bowling shoes on and bowl my eight games of qualifying. And the first game, I think I shot like 160, 170. It was not a very good score wise, but from an execution standpoint, I felt like I threw the ball pretty well, but I just didn't score. And 
in game two, I missed a couple of makeable spares, which is uncharacteristically like me. But nevertheless, it is a very tangible data point. You either knock the pin or the pin's over or you don't. That is how I'm judged. And so when I go to shoot that corner pin and the ball ends up in the gutter or it doesn't hit the pin, I missed it. It is a quote unquote fail in the sense that I didn't accomplish the task at hand. So it was not one of my best tournaments performance wise, but I certainly had a great time being out there. I felt like I got some of the cobwebs off and I'm looking forward to competing again in a few weeks. But on the seven hour drive home, would have been five, but there was traffic, right? On the seven hour drive home, it got me thinking about where did my preparation help me in terms of my execution and where could my preparation have been better in terms of future execution? One of the things I hear from clients or potential clients, people I'm connecting with all the time is they've bombed the interview or they just don't do really good answering the questions, be it technical or behavioral. And so the question then becomes, how could someone prepare better for an interview? What I tell them is this, the sooner you acknowledge that there is no way you are going to be able to prepare for every single question you are asked during that interview, the better off you're going to be. Even if you are given the questions ahead of time, you are always at risk of getting a follow-up question that you are going to have to answer on the spot. But there is no way you could answer or know how to answer every single question that's coming at you ahead of time. That is why your preparation is vital to your success during the interview. Look, there are things you know are going to happen in the interview. You're probably going to be asked some technical questions. You are probably going to be asked some behavioral questions that tell me about a time when or when have you experienced type questions. More than likely, you're going to get that tell me about yourself question. You may be asked a salary question. You will be asked for what questions you have of them. And at some point in the interview, you should get information regarding next steps. But you will drive yourself nuts trying to anticipate every possible question that could come through. But what you do need is a plan to prepare yourself. The preparation is what is going to help build your confidence and your competence in leading into that interview. You have to know your story. You have to know some of the highlights in your career and the things that you have done. What has been memorable or has been an outstanding achievement or recognition that sets you apart from your competition? And in all of that, that is what's going to help you prepare. But then comes the moment when you have to execute, 
whether you are meeting the hiring manager or the interview team face-to-face or you're doing it virtually, stop with the excuses that you're not good on camera. Because over the past year, we have all had to get a whole lot better about being on camera. And if you don't have that figured out and you don't have those kind of things that are really best practices in terms of how to look good on camera and how to have a good microphone and how to frame yourself accordingly, you need to get that information to figure that out. And I'm going to help you with some of that in a moment when I tell you what's coming up next on the podcast. But our brains are programmed that when the light goes up, goes on, or the curtain goes up, that all of a sudden now this is different. And it is. It is different. It is showtime. It is game time. It is the part where you get to share your value, your information, your worth, and your story to someone who is naturally interested in learning more about you because you've already gotten invited to the interview. The resume is designed to help you get invited to the interview. Once you are there in the interview, now you've got to tell your story and to tell your story from that place of value and service. Our brains want to protect us. They want to protect us from situations that could be potentially stressful or embarrassing or harmful. And we get through those moments because of how we define how we choose to show up. How we show up is about the energy we bring to those situations based on the totality of our experiences and how well we have prepped for that moment. I have been blessed to have had an opportunity to interview hundreds of people throughout my career. And I will tell you that there are some interviews that have been so memorable, not just because they quote unquote knocked it out of the park, but also because of how they bombed those interviews magnificently and there was no way I was going to hire them. Were they nervous? Sure. Actually, I want a candidate to be a little nervous. Not nervous in the sense that they're scared of me or they're frightened or hesitant about the job or the interview. I want them to be a little nervous because I want them to be on their best game. And being a little nervous means that you care a whole lot. You want the job. You want the opportunity. You have positioned yourself with all of the work that you have done in building this roadmap or GPS for yourself that you are now in this moment that yes, it is important. You want to do well. That's where nerves can actually help us. But what happens after or even during the interview is that our brain will will put these thoughts into our head, whether you think of it as the inner critic or it's the imposter syndrome or it's the limiting belief right? But you might be in that interview and going, somebody's going to be better than me. Yes. You just don't know if they're interviewing for the job or not. 
look, I'm really good at what I do. There's also a, a, a humility in me that's going to say, hey, I'm not the best because I'm not the best for everybody. I'm the best for some people, right? And that's what makes me really, really good at what I do. And I'm, I'm confident and competent in saying that because of the results that I have gotten through my career and the results I'm helping my clients get. I remember interviewing for a job early on in my career. I was, I was teaching at the time in a, in a small private school, but I needed a job to make some extra money to kind of close the financial gap that I was having. And I took a job as a choir director at a local church. And I got the job about four weeks before Christmas. It was a Catholic church. And, and the Monsignor looked at me and he said to me, do you think you are going to be able to put on a great Christmas concert for us? And I looked at him and I said, no, I know I can. And he kind of sat in his chair and he looked at me and he was like, you've got four weeks. I said, yeah. It won't be the best, but it'll be more than good enough. And the following year, it'll be even better than that. And I got the job. And you know what? We had a really nice Christmas concert that year. And my choir did amazing work. And the following year, we were so much better. But my preparation in leading up to that interview and what I knew I was capable of doing allowed me to show up in that way where I could communicate my value and my worth. And at that point, that's all you can do. It is up to the hiring manager or the interview panel to make their recommendation as to whether or not you are the best fit for the job. Know that in your preparation, if you have done it correctly, if you have done everything you believe you need to do in order to show up for that interview at your best, that you are more than capable and you are more than enough to do that job and to do that job well. Let's take the pressure off of ourselves and being like, we have to be the best. And let's come from a place of where we acknowledge and honor that we are more than enough. What I'm going to do with you and for you over the next couple of months is launch an arc on this podcast around interviewing and the whole interview process. So I'm planning out the next couple of months for you to really help you show up in this energetic way to create this, this roadmap or GPS, if you will, for yourselves that when you get to the interview, you are going to know how best to prepare and show up at your best for that interview. So every Tuesday, when a new episode drops, you are going to get this information and this arc to help you with your interview preparation. Okay. 
Now, if you want to know a little bit more about how you can show up more energetically and impactfully in your career, I want you to go check out my book. So my book is called Show Up. It is on Amazon. It's available both in Kindle and paperback. All you have to do is type in show up John Narrell and the book pops up. It's got a great purple color cover with a great rainbow colored swirl in the center of it. Uh, And it shares my personal story about what it has meant for me to show up both personally and professionally. And then I walk you through my show up six strategies so you can show up and make the impact you want in your career. So I invite you to go ahead and get that book. And in the meantime, I want you to really start thinking about how you want to prepare for your next interview and what that's going to look like for you, that you then have a really strong process or plan to help you show up more competently and confidently for your next interview. Because interview preparation will help lead you to executing, meaning you're telling your story from a place of value and service, flawlessly, that is going to get a hiring manager more interested in who you are, what you do, and why you would be a great fit in their organization. All right, make it a great rest of the day. Take time for yourself, celebrate you and your loved ones, be kind to each other, and I will see you next time with another episode. Make it a great day. If you enjoyed today's show and don't want to miss an episode, follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen, and I'd appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review. Visit johnnarrell.com to download your free copy of the 55-Minute Career Transition Jumpstart to help you start building your mid-career GPS. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on social at John Narrow Coaching. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.